The dating app OkCupid is famous for matching people on what matters most to them, from food to the type of relationship they want to politics. They ask you really thoughtful and provoking questions to get to the heart of who you are and what type of person you're looking for. Download the OkCupid app. It's free. And I'm on it. (laughs) (laughs) I might as well be candid at this point. This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat. This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Bruciola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello out there, you whole wide world, you. This is Jordan Cruciola, and I am joined, as always, by... Uh, it's me, Amanda Smith, changing my last name to Stritch, just, you know, to really embody the Elaine Stritch vibe. <laughs> yes, Amanda's 2021 vibe is going to be Elaine Stritch on dating apps, so get ready, world. You're not... She's taking you by storm. Um <laughs> If only we had Elaine Stritch on today for real, uh, bless her, bless her whole legend to discuss. Still dead the- as of this recording, though. Just I know, because I know. I- that's what I mean. Like to just like to be able to to bring the spirit even of Elaine Stritch, that mythic figure, uh, to discuss. Amanda, what is it we're talking about today? Magma volcanic disaster. If only we had Elaine Stritch on to talk about magma volcanic disaster. I, you know, we I, I too would ascend to another plane of of being in existence. I can't wait. I would love to hear the anecdotes she tied in to talking about oh, how no. she too, well, I, pretty easily cuz I imagine you can really tie in some anecdotes about being underestimated by men. Right. Which is right. a real reoccurring theme in this film. Yeah. <laughs> Constantly. Um and I my I I really enjoyed when this was in its like like open it's like credits opening like there's you know magma like bubbling on the screen behind the words and it, i think it says fully magma productions yeah yeah they created Courtesy a shell of company magma productions a shell company or they were planning on it becoming like an entire you know magma volcanic disaster universe i don't think right. they were that i don't think they were that optimistic yeah. <laughs> and um this is uh it's kind of it's like it's it's explanatory in its way. There is um, a lot of magma bubbling through the surface of the coming out of volcanoes because of a series of volcanic disasters. There is uh, due to um, hastened, you know, deterioration of the earth by man and all the things we do to it. The core of the earth, I think, it is heating. It's overheated. It's gotten too hot. And it's like expanding further into the outer core, and that pressure is causing uh, the the core needs to release pressure by magma escaping the center of the earth out through the channels that it typically would through volcanoes, and of course that's causing a lot of tumult across the planet. Yeah, there there was a lot of I don't know I don't know if. So, okay, look, Jordan, full disclosure, I was really drunk when I watched this film. I think that's fair. Yeah, it was not intentional, but I was I was gone, and for some reason, I also was just way more, key, like, not for some reason, exactly because I was drunk. <laughs> the science of this film made me so angry. Oh, okay. <laughs> that most of my notes are in all caps. Um, 
And I do want to very briefly, because this is one of the few things I can science about. Right, right. And look, like, fairness, all fairness, This, these movies do not need to actually be scientifically accurate. Like, we know this. We accept this. We love this yeah. about them. Yeah. What was so weird to me about this film, though, was the choice to create a problem when they could have – they decided to do bad science instead of just the good science that could have also applied just as easily. And so I just okay. I just want to just start off the episode in terms of <clears throat> the reality index. I don't often say bring up the science when we talk about the reality of a film. Right. But it was so weird to me because of the fact that they gave it this bigger explanation than it needed to have when you could have very easily made the science work in a nonsense way. Real okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, where where did they what was like the critical point where you were like, this fuck this. Okay. So fuck this man. So the premise, as you explained, was that essentially we've pumped so much radiation and toxic waste into the planet that it's causing the Earth's, like, the mantle to expand. Yes. And that is pushing the magma up and turning into lava that then erupts. Mm -hmm. However, douchebag scientist who isn't Matt Walsh, because the entire time I was like, is this guy just Matt Walsh's stand-in and Matt Walsh is eventually going to appear? So- he says when he's explaining everything that it is causing the lava to come out of faults that radiate around the earth and right. then are in turn triggering um, the plate boundaries. Yes. So here's the thing. The the faults that all are all around the earth, those are uh-huh. fucking plate boundaries. Like the right, whole right. thing you have – he doesn't mention the ring of fire. They never say it. They never, I was waiting for right. it. They never fucking so say it. They're looking at a map. They're pointing at it. It's covered with active volcanoes, and they never fucking say the Ring of Fire. So what that's, was that? That's my point. So that's the crux okay. of what I'm trying to get to. So okay. we all we like casual. That really fan, irritated me. It was most just people, it. yeah, most people are familiar, casually familiar with the Ring of Fire. They might not know scientifically yeah. that the Ring of Fire is the ring around the edge of the Pacific Plate where it mm-hmm. subducts, and it's called the Ring of Fire because when you have a subduction zone, right, 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 you have just a few miles off from that, you actually have a ring of volcano, a string of volcanoes that form as the melting of the plate causes the lava to rise, the magma to rise up and become volcanoes. That's a known geologic process that like we might not understand as layman the the mechanics of, but we have right. that familiarity. And especially if we if you grew up like international listeners a different situation. If you grew up on the west coast of the United States, you heard about this growing up. And like, I'm sure we went that, to the Omnimax yeah. Theater in Portland, Oregon, and there was a whole show called The Ring of Fire where we learned about it. It was all like all around the Pacific. Like yeah. we learned about the Ring of Fire. If you're if your first hand recall, if your first of top of mind recall of Ring of Fire is Finding Nemo. This is what we are discussing, y'all. This is the ring of fire. And it was so infuriating to look at that map and see people standing next to him and be like, yeah, they're going to say the ring of fire. Well, it's the ring of fire. That all along the ring of fire. How do you skip an opportunity in a fucking disaster movie to say right. the words ring of fire? They made it so much more complicated as a result. So because when they said they're like, oh, there's a series of interconnected fault lines all around the world. Yes. <laughs> Again, you know what those interconnected fault lines all around the world are? Those are plate boundaries. All yeah, you have to say. Plate tectonics. Yeah. People like everyone in 
everyone has a basic, I would say, if you're watching a disaster movie, you have a yes. basic knowledge of what the concept of plate tectonics is. You at least know that these giant things that make the Earth's ground when they slam together, shit happens. Yeah. And, and you've heard also, the words plate tectonics connected to that. Yeah. And that theoretically, if you expand the Earth, there'll be more gaps between plates. Like you can just right. imagine, like if you just yes. think of it, it you can just, it, the science doesn't work, but you, if you think of it and pretend, mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, sure, of course that would cause openings to occur. Totally. Why wouldn't yep. it? So mm-hmm. it's so fucking weird to me that <laughs> he, they actively choose to have a bunch of volcanoes along the ring of fire erupting. Mount Fuji, <laughs> fucking Mount Fuji erupts in this. Mount Fuji erupts. It is, I think, the best. I think it, they put their favorite, they put the their, they like reserved their effects budget for their Mount Fuji thing. And which it, it, it was definitely it. the least cheesy looking yeah. eruption in the whole movie. But yeah, it's just. Iceland is in the middle of the Mid-Atlantic Ridge, which is the gap in the fucking Atlantic plate where Boris be- Like, there were just so many spaces where it didn't have to be this fault line premise. All it had to be was the plates yeah. are expanding. And yes. so as a result, it made me fucking crazy. <laughs> um, were you, were you at, were like, it, 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 did oh, it become also, yeah. voluminous? Like, were you like shouting at any point? Were you- At any point, Jordan- Drunk with makeup on. Yes. let me put it this way by the time that okay so this movie the basic premise is there is this like an amorphously geology vulcan volcanology professor yeah who xander harris who is going strong in this movie i really she's he's doing exactly what this role needs and a little more yes yes he, I mean, look, that character, if that character hadn't been the main character, he would have been perfect. I was very confused to find out that he was the main character and not Amy Jo Johnson's I character. I it was going to be Amy Jo Johnson. Amy yeah. Jo Johnson has the arc, and I was like, why wouldn't this be, why wouldn't she be the main character? There's so much Veronica Mars energy coming off of her. Like, Oh my God. They, it was like, let's, let's do a pick me Veronica Mars, because that is the time and place that this is coming out. Yeah, that's actually, you're very right. She had a very Veronica Mars, like, plucky girl detective energy. Yeah, and like, but for that weird heel that they put, like, in the beginning, she's like trying to scam her way, not scam her way, she's just trying to beg her way onto this geology trip to Iceland with her professor. They're going to study volcanoes. She's like giving him the hard sell. To his credit, he keeps emphasizing to her how much they cannot be romantic, even though she becomes his marriage counselor like he keeps being like listen don't hug me don't touch me this is weird that we're talking no. about this and i was glad that they did that okay see but, mm, oh i have okay, the ex- no, no, fair. i am so on the opposite end of this story no, and i can't wait no, to talk I'm, to you about I'm this i'm ready to hear it i'm keep ready going. to hear Sorry, it because keep I, going. I, no I'm, I'm sure your your take is going to be the correct take on this but like they're they're having this interaction she's running with him through the halls he's like well okay i have conditions like you have to pull your weight you have to do this 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 and you have to buy your own ticket she's already bought a fucking ticket to reykjavik like she's ready to go right now and the thing that stuck out to me most about this scene I loved Amy Jo Johnson on the Power Rangers, and I think she had the right energy for this role. It was just misused. But she goes running away from down the hall when she's so excited because she's going to go pack her bag and they're going to leave in the morning. And she is wearing the most preposterous heel. It's like this character, this like scrappy geochemist who's trying to get to Reykjavik, like not that any geochemist cannot wear anything that they want, but when she, in her Veronica Mars, like, boot cut jeans yeah, and hoodie boot and tank top yeah there's not going to be a pointed toe kitten heel under that like that's not why did you what the fuck is that put her in a shoe put her in a sensible shoe she's at school for the day what are you doing that was so weird to me yeah and it also emphasized that in life amy joe johnson must be 
four foot ten. I was because gonna say she was I even think tiny she, in that heel. She's I mean, keep in mind, she was the the pink ranger was the gymnast. She You're right. Yeah. You're she right. she was I, I assume she's like my height, if not Truly shorter. A po- I mean like mu- smaller. She she's pocket sized. Yeah. There's a point where she's standing next to Xander Harris. They're in a restaurant and they're gonna do more marriage counseling. And she walks up to him to like hand him a beer and she is barely clearing his height and he's sitting in a chair. Yeah. Barely clearing his height. No, she looks like Jordan she has to she's lift my, herself she's into my height. the chair. She's five two. She what what what? I mean, is he 6'6"? Like, what the fuck is going on? Hold on. I got to figure it out because Xander Harris pulls up Nicholas. It's really hard to find out because Xander Harris pulls up only Nicholas fucking Brendan, which is annoying. You're right. That would happen. Oh, shit. Um, But yeah, no, the, the, um, there's just, I'm very, I, and I want to hear about this, like, we're in terms of reality indexing. Like, I think it's important that we talk about you know, while you're looking that up, I'm going to say, as far as reality indexing goes, um, we've been talking so much lately. Um, I feel like if you're a thinking, feeling person, I hope, um, and you were a child of the odds, I hope you've been talking a lot about, um, if not specifically the documentary Framing Britney Spears, that you're talking about the cultural context around Framing Britney Spears that that we <laughs> lived, so many of us lived our formative years in the middle of. And I think it's very important to emphasize in the 2000s what a good screen boyfriend was. I think it's very important to emphasize, like, there, you know, the sort of tumult around the conversation of Justin Timberlake right now and the ways in which he screwed over Britney Spears and Janet Jackson and didn't take accountability for those things. Like, he was still, he was, like, exemplary kind of culture boyfriend at the time. And then you watch movies like The Roommate. You watch movies like Black Christmas 2006. And you kind of have these demonstrations of what a boyfriend is kind of supposed to meant to look like in your life and it's fucking horrible terrible like what we considered like the the swaggering nice guy in the 2000s oh my god jordan i'm sorry i'm just gonna interrupt this rant for just a second so this entire time i've been trying to figure out how to get xander harris this is vital cultural context no 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 no, no, sorry i don't mean rant in that i meant like i don't mean to interrupt like the jordan rant which is when jordan has a very important thing to say and i apologize but i just want to very important keep going sorry keep going sorry i just no no i you you have to say it now okay this entire time I've been silent because I've been trying with different keywords to get Xander Harris's height. I right. probably did quotation mark, Xander Harris, quotation mark, height, real person, character, actor. Did you find results? At that point, it oh, <laughs> character, actor, minus Buffy. Minus, minus Buffy. Yes, very important. It looks like there aren't any great matches for your search. I mean, I wouldn't expect. I'm not surprised to know that that's not pulling up Nicholas Brendan. It is impossible to find Xander Harris, the character actor, on the on the internet. Jordan, I feel really bad for. I feel so fucking bad for him right now. I feel really bad for him. I put in Xander Harris height, real person, nothing. Xander Harris height, real person, character actor, nothing. It's all. It just keeps pulling up fucking pictures of Nicholas Brendan. That sucks. I feel so bad for him. I'm sorry. Oh. Keep going. Talk about cultural ramifications of boyfriends in the early 2000s. No, I, I just I think apologize. It's, no, because you're like, you know, when I, I I talk about their initial meeting and you're like, ooh, I've got thoughts on yeah. that. The way that he's he's framed as a shitty husband. Like, we get that. He He's not apologizing. He should. Like, he goes through this whole belabored point through the entire movie about how he's pining after his estranged wife. And then Amy Jo Johnson asks him multiple times, like, says multiple times, well, you should apologize. Have you apologized? You should apologize. Uh, In the final third of the movie, at last, he says, it's not easy for me to admit when I'm wrong. It's like, wait, 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 wait. 
So this whole time when you've been pining after your estranged wife and telling us how you call her and it goes straight to voicemail and I guess she just doesn't want to talk to me and like, well, I get why, but I guess it just can't go on. You've never apologized. Like you've never apologized. We're just gonna, this whole time you haven't, you, you allegedly really want her back and it's hard for you to admit you're wrong. So you've never, sir, I don't think you really want that ex-wife of yours back. I don't think you really want her because you are not trying hard enough. And that felt a extremely real. Yeah. Like, Oh, I've done all these things. Like, I guess she just doesn't want to talk to me. Have you apologized? What now? Yeah. What was that? What? Wait, I've done all these things. And by that, I mean, I've had a lot of like times where I've called her on the phone, then hung up. Yeah, yeah. And just like sighed heavily into her voicemail and yeah. wondered why she doesn't want to hear what I have to say because she knows I'm not going to apologize. And that felt very real. Oh, yeah. And it felt very real to wa- watching the 2000s to give this guy who's ostensibly a nice guy, who's like the professor who doesn't want to fuck his student, who like is doing the bare minimum of it, of not being a morally morally questionable or morally damnable bastard mm-hmm. like oh he's the roguest professor professor yeah he's you know he he wants to do right by people he's just out here trying to save the world i was like this is i'm just seeing the entire fucking media environment around this person and he's not an outright asshole and he is framed as a good guy but we're supposed to buy into this like lone wolf yeah proud volcanologist thing who at least doesn't want to fuck the 22 year old who's like really they cannot stop insinuating how much she wants to like definitely be with this guy it's like from minute so, okay, one so that's my thing is yes. that weigh in weigh in like i wasn't i no, i was just I'm, I'm glad to know that i wasn't imagining that like there was some weird not quite but somewhat like so weird it was a weird vibe because it kept, wasn't like, having her insist on a vibe. Yeah, it was a weird and it was choice. Like, Stop it. Yeah, it didn't. It wasn't textual. There was no. There was no need. And in fact, like there was no need for it. I just want to briefly say, by the way, Jordan, I must still be drunk because I definitely was the whole time googling Xander Harris. That's not his name. The actor's name is Xander Berkeley. Berkeley. That would be why, no matter how hard I tried, I could not find him. I don't think you're. <laughs> I don't think it's that you're still drunk. I think Xander Harris is so in our minds right yeah. now. I just, it's, that's it. Yeah, Xander so Berkeley. Xander Berkeley. So great work, great work in this movie. Great work, Xander Berkeley. Sorry I screwed up your name. Does explain. I'm relieved, though, to know that if you Google Xander Berkeley, you can find yeah. him. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm, I'm relieved he's Googleable. Yeah, so he's six feet tall. Wow. So, yeah, like five, Camera perspective, man. Five foot two on a good day, I'm assuming. And then, like, <laughs> yeah. even if we round him down a little, still, yeah, you're going to you're gonna need a heel to get her in, in an Apple box to get her in the same shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like that's a newborn baby, yeah. Between these two people, <laughs> that's a, a wee infant. Um, yeah. So, oh, it pissed me off. Like, so our introduction to her is that mm-hmm. she runs up and is like, "I hear you have a spot, and I heard about it from your TA." And he's like, "Oh yeah, you seem like my TA's type," which is really fucked up. Like, yeah, oh yeah. And the entire time, and he keeps rejecting her. Being like, oh, you – no, my TA wants to fuck you. You can't come on this. My TA wants to fuck you. Yeah, which, he is absolutely making her responsible f- for his TA's decisions yeah, and life. Which is – like, what a fucked up thing. Oh, yeah. 
it, on so many levels. And we're supposed yes. to be like, oh, he's just being practical. And look at that hard ass. But like, no, right. I'm sorry. One, mm-hmm. you don't dismiss a this student. This is how you kick women out of STEM. Exactly. That is exactly what I have in my notes is you don't dismiss a student who's showing interest by being like, no, the only reason you're invited is because someone wants to fuck you. Two, what we've learned- She is also the only woman on the expedition once she gets yeah. there. We have learned about her also is that she already has a degree. And this was- Yes. Like, we learned that she he she was in his, like, advanced thermodynamics class or something, the mm-hmm. fire. And he's like, oh, that's a pretty advanced class for you to be in. And she's like, well, I was going to be a grad student, but now I decide I want to do this. Ge- I want to do geology instead. So she apparently is able to be a grad student, but now she's back at the undergrad level. So- also, at this point in this film, 2006, mm-hmm. Amy Jo Johnson is 36 years old, Jordan. You know, I was wondering. She is our age. Wow. Yeah. In this film, she is our age. He's 50. Oh. He's 51. Uh-huh. She is a shit. full-ass adult woman in this Fully film. Adult. Yeah. Holy shit. So in my <laughs> head, I really fucking relate to this because wow. I was also an old student when I was in geology. Okay. But a non-trad, as we would say at University of Oregon. Yeah. I was just – I was a sec- I was getting a second degree and I was 26 compared to all the right. 18-year-olds. So like I I identi- – and it's a weird dynamic when you are a little bit more yeah. in age with your, with your, with your teachers. Like totally, I had teachers yeah. who were in their early 30s and who I mm-hmm. – and I was, you know, 27. And so right. it was a very weird dynamic or like you're older than grad students who are your superiors. Right. It's like you are in my logical, like my reasonable dating pool. Yeah. So and I'm, not my like circumstantial dating pool. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I would I would go out with you because I could very well match you on an app. Exactly. Like it's not that weirdness. There's a power dynamic issue, but there's not the weirdness of being like, I'm a newly hatched person. Yeah. There's like a there's like a power difference by default because this person has like a grade in their hands. But as far as like. You age know, and life, life experience, experience yeah, it's and what a they very can sort of different. lord over you to like groom you or take advantage of you, it's much more level footing. Yeah, like I think I might have had like I I definitely could have had it in a different program. I could have had professor like not professors, but I could have had like teachers that were my age, um, and I definitely would have if I had stayed in the program. If I and if I like if I was in if I was in a class like when I was at U of O and there was like in my Italian class we had. A non-traditional student. She was a mother of yeah. two. She was in her 30s. She was going back to school. Yeah. If she had started dating our professor, it wouldn't, I wouldn't, like, it would have been weird in my mind at the time, but also looking back at now, I would have been like, no, she's a 30-something whole-ass woman with two kids who just hit it off with the Italian teacher. Like, right. They can go have drinks, and it's not the same as if he's like, Jordan, you're doing really well in class, you know? Like, that's... It's That's a, it's a whole a, yeah. different level. It's a totally different dynamic. But but beyond like the romantic aspect, so yeah, she keeps getting dismissed because of this. She's obviously extremely qualified. And we learn shortly thereafter that not only is she extremely qualified, she's actually more qualified than one of the fucking dudes on this trip yeah. with facial hair who does not know why they're going to Iceland, which yes. is one of which is basically one of the I would most e- I would even know. volcanoes in the world. Because I would it's know just, why they were going to Iceland. It's an island made of a bunch of fucking volcanoes because it's where yeah. the mid-ocean ridge comes out of the water. You can stand in the mid-ocean ridge. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Well, it's like, where do you think all of that, like, why do you think, why do you think Iceland is like energy independent? Right. Because of thermal, 
thermo thermo energy. Like because they can just they have that in abundance. It's a geological hotspot. <laughs> like, yeah, and you know what? Fair. Like let's just say that this guy is a chemist and has absolutely no knowledge of it, which apparently he does doesn't understand science <laughs> at all. Apparently he doesn't. But you would read a fucking paper. You would have to read so many papers before you go. You would have to do the research. Amy Jo Johnson had done the research. And that's what makes me right. crazy is that like it's not as – they set her up as this, you know, this kind of plucky go-getter. And uh-huh. he is rejecting her at every turn in ways that are like, well, yeah, as you said, Jordan, this is why there's no women in STEM. Because she yeah. is overqualified. She is uh-huh. willing to work harder. She is – for free. She's like, no class credit, no class credit, no recommendations. Yeah. Which is fucking absurd. And keep in mind, like, this is how you advance in sciences. Yeah. Like, on yeah. a bigger level, to talk about the bigger implications of this, this mm-hmm, is how mm-hmm. you advance through the sciences, is by mm-hmm. getting your professors to bring you on as mm-hmm. – and that this could be potentially your thesis for your for your grad for your undergrad. Right. That this could be – that you could be taken on as their mm-hmm. grad students. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he has three dude grad students and refuses to bring on this woman really tells me a whole fucking lot about why this guy's marriage didn't work. And also, totally true. And also, the thing that was the weirdest to me, but made, of course, the most sense in a movie context about the, no, you can't come, no, you can't come. I was like, well, it seems crazy that she could go because I feel like you would have done a lot of prep ahead of this trip to get ready to do this specific job, but you don't seem interested in telling her she can't go because there's already been too much work done that she cannot catch up on. And it would just be impractical to have anybody else join who's not been a part of like the pre-excursion debriefing. Like, yeah, I was like, you have plenty of practical, legitimate reasons to tell this person you can't just pop into the science expedition. Like, I would imagine you guys have been getting ready for this shit, researching specifically what it is you are going to find. Like, you, you don't have to keep telling her that this boy wants to bang her and so she can't go. Like, why are you not asking any practical questions that have to do with the work she should or should have not done up to this point to be qualified to go on this trip? Yeah. Or the fact, you know what, but also on the other end of it, yes, you're right. He says, he says that they're missing, they are missing somebody. They, there is yeah. somebody dropped out. So this is a- Who is her exact, who it matches her exact qualification. Yeah. She's like, well, I happen to know. And the thing is, is that, as you said, this is a- a mission that requires a lot of very delicate prep. Well, not Seems having like not having one of your guys on your team around, that's going to really fuck up your trip. Right. So, you know, and in terms of, as I'm seeing her thinking about, like, in terms of the reality index, there was something very real about it. I'm not questioning mm. it in terms of, like, the reality right. of it, of, For sure. like, it pulled me out. It just mostly pissed me off because I was like, yeah, the screenwriter yeah. probably does think this makes him, like, yeah. A hard ass that we're going to come to love. But in fact, I'm yeah. like, no, I want this dude to die on the volcano. Yeah. And I want this movie to be Amy Jo Johnson coming into her own. And I thought, and I super thought that's what it was going to yeah. be, was that Amy Jo Johnson is going to crack the case. Exactly. And then she would be the one presenting to the president. And like, yeah. my men- and then her mentor dies on the volcano. And she's like, this is what we've been working on. And everyone's like, wow, you're yeah. the head of the USGS now. <laughs> and it's not like, wow, child, you're the head of the USGS. Be like, wow, 36 year old with a graduate degree. Yeah. You're the head of the USGS. I just thought that's where we were going was USGS becomes Amy Jo Johnson GS. Like <laughs> AJJGS. Yeah, AJJGS. 
I I will say because we th- this is uh, this is fun this has all been fundamental to the movie and I we we sh- like as far as what happens in the movie you guys should know that it starts if you have not watched it starts with I think an eruption in a volcano in South America I think maybe or Latin America is it Ecuador Ecuador okay I know that, um, wait the Ecuador the, eruption the first happens eruption no the first eruption's in Iceland. Is it Iceland? Okay, it's in Iceland, that's why they have to fly on their private jet. That's why they, yeah, that's why they take a private jet to Iceland that the university is definitely paying for. Yeah, um, it, like Black Raven University or whatever that was called. <laughs> um, they they go to Iceland because I was like, I, I couldn't remember if it was Iceland because when they were there, it was like this place doesn't look like anything has recently erupted. This looks like a pristine, dry, dormant volcano. There's not like any. There's not any indication that what we have seen from the cold open has just happened, which is that lava has poured down the side of this volcano and killed a bunch of people. People are being, I mean, the the deaths in this movie are fantastic. Oh, yeah. People are being swallowed by CGI lava in a way that, like, they don't fall into it and burn to death. They simply fall into it and evaporate. Like, the lava immediately vaporizes their bodies, and at one point, one of the guys in the cold open dies because he's running from where lava might be coming from. He doesn't see it yet. And then he basically stumbles ass backwards into a lava flow and like flips and whoopsies into, into lava and dies. He goes in like one foot first, doesn't realize it's there, starts screaming and then is swallowed by lava. Like it is a, it is a baddie opening sequence and the effects are like, they're, they're, there's a lot of it. Like there's a lot of lava around. They're not like, it's not like making you guess, but it looks so bad that it like, it's a perfect combination of not good effects that they're not going to give up on. And that I really did like about this movie. I fully respected just how their dedication to this entire aesthetic. Like, yeah, you know what? You guys knew much like when you're like, you know, I could cook myself one good dinner or I could buy six (laughs) mac and cheeses, craft mac and cheeses and lean into that for the week. Yeah, yeah. They gave us the six mac and cheeses. And I they decided on Del Taco every night. Which I will never fault that decision. (laughs) As someone who adores a Del Taco. As someone who living in Los Angeles, the seat of some of the great American tacos. It's a different commitment to Del Taco. I know it is. I know it is, but you never talk like the thing is, it is a different taco experience. I don't think I've ever once heard you talk about going to get proper tacos. I've I and not that one needs to announce so, every time they go get tacos. Because but I, when we have had this fight before, yes. you've never said, "Well, when I do like to go get my taqueria tacos, you never do. You only eat del taco." Okay, so here's the thing: I do go to taquerias. <laughs> I do get tacos elsewhere. The thing is, is that unlike people on many dating apps and on Twitter, right. I don't believe that enjoying a street taco is a fucking personality trait That's for a totally white girl. Fair. Like That's it's totally not fair. my person. However garbage eating del taco in my car at 10 p.m <laughs> that is a personality trait that is something that tells you something about me yes okay because i was gonna and it's not that like it's not that you never it's not that the tacos are never brought up it's just that i know the amount of times i've heard about del taco yeah compared to the amount of times i've heard about a taco rio taco which is never because i never are a person who cites you the del taco taco when have you ever heard me talk about any good meal i've had that's fair. <laughs> Reality index on Amanda yeah. and mine's conversation. Like that is fair. I, I definitely you see do. you post on Twitter many times about the compromise dinner you're going to have. Yeah. Um, but never, rarely ever, unless you made something you're proud of. Yeah. Rarely ever about um 
a good a good meal you enjoy. See, and that's the distinct. You are the yin to my yang that's in that fair. sense because that's you fair. do nothing but be like, I had the most amazing meal at this Ethiopian restaurant. And then you go into oh, detail to God. describe it and about how much you enjoyed your Ethiopian meal <laughs> that you'll be eating for three days. And here is how you will be because reusing. when you're a recessionista, you stretch one meal into three. But also because you enjoy the act of finding new and creative ways to reuse your food. I do. I really do. You love the. You I'm love a leftovers it. pro. Yes, and it brings you joy. <laughs> You're like, Del Taco in my car brings me joy. It does not. <laughs> <laughs> Point of order. No, it doesn't. It does not. It says no, it is the, like, whatever basic part of my brain <laughs> seeks comfort in garbage. Sure. I mean, and I love Taco Bell. I'm not a yeah. Del Taco person, but fuck yeah, Taco Bell. Right, see? When I go to, that, when I go to the Mission Drive-In um, out hella into the east... Uh, you bet I'm getting my I'm getting my fix at the Taco Bell before I go. Exactly. It's not necessarily it's it's not and see you know what? Fuck you, Jordan, because there you go. You understand that it's not in lieu of a street taco, it's an entirely different no. situation. But I also talk about a lot of street tacos. Right. I don't talk about any other like I know I don't talk yes. about good foods I've had because it's just like <laughs> that's the through line. No, that's that's, that's it. That's I, the through that's line. That's how I am. So that that yeah. just cracked. I just want to point out, guys, we just worked yeah. through a major bone of contention in that's our friendship. Totally true. Like this that's is totally true. This is real time couples counseling for our friendship <laughs> yeah. right here. Brought to you by Disaster Girl. Which really yeah, I think to like leave or no. anything. I just wanted to I just... <laughs> Jordan Cruciola always processing. So I'm glad we can I'm glad we could we could do this here today. I'm so glad that this means you aren't gonna keep yelling at me when I mentioned Del Taco. <laughs> no, you're so right. This is this is we found the resolution. Oh my who god. Who says you can't who says you can't solve the arguments that you can't stop having? So, you know? and who you says know what? that there's no end in sight? I'm gonna bring this back to the movie, which yeah. should speak to just how boring this fucking movie was to me that we're this far away from it now. But to yeah, bring it yeah. back, reality index point, this is what fake Matt Walsh could have been doing with his wife. <laughs> yes. He could have resolved it. But instead, yeah. he never thought to apologize or explain. Never thought to. Never thought to. Never, but again, fully believe. I fully believe oh, yeah. that the man who dismisses adult woman Amy Jo Johnson for the fact that his TA yeah. wants to bone her, which seems like a yes. him problem, Yes, very it's much like so. like a thing that he should have that conversation with his TA of like, I need you to get your shit together, be professional and not. Yeah. But then also I do want to point out that when I was in school, every single grad student was dating or fucking an undergrad, including myself. I totally buy that. Like, oh, completely. Yeah. I Every single, every single grad student, by the way, let me rephrase that. Every single male grad student, because there yes. was a, yeah, that, a, in my head that was implied, but it's yeah. good you clarify. Yeah, cis male, every cis het male grad student, because there were like, I would say there was a one to three ratio mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in, a, yeah. in a fairly small program of male to female. Um, and yeah, they were all, I mean, like, again, I was older than my TA, but we were hooking up because I was like, well, you're an adult. Sure, yeah. Um, and you get, you're older than your TA, so. Yeah, I was like, you're an adult. You're the only adult here. Sure, let's do this. But um, it was definitely, it is, it is in line and not unexpected. The professors should expect that at this point. They're like, yeah, your TA is going to suck and he's going to bone, yeah. bone your undergrads. And yeah. it's your job as the adult to make sure that that does not negatively impact your undergrad's experience and also does not negatively impact your undergrad's opportunities in opportunity yeah, like this is like fuck you you don't want your ta to, to fuck students then maybe you need to make sure that your students become the next round of tas 
And I think, like, as far as Reality Index goes, this is so consistent throughout the reality of this movie. Yeah. You have the... And then, of course, as soon as they get to the side of the mountain in in Iceland, um, Amy Jo Johnson, like, leans over to the guy she has been hooking up with, the TA, and she's like, there's just something about the professor. And she's just, like, looking at him, and you're like, wait, are we seriously gonna... Like, the reason, the reason they are weird to me is because she, like, her character keeps trying to make an insinuation that the movie's never gonna follow through on which we know and the the professor himself is like adamantly against and but she keeps just like inserting at weird moments until like the very end when they finally settle into like an actual more professor assistant dynamic that is still weirdly marriage therapy between the two of them about him and his wife um it like she looks over just like there's just something about it's like no you've given me no reason to catch a vibe here yeah you've given me no Except that you're just going to have her keep saying this. And so he looks at her, the TA looks at her and he's like, well, he's married. It's like, oh, no, 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 please do not do this. Please can we not do this? And then later on when we meet the professor that um, Z- Professor Xander studied under, like the the king volcanologist, I guess, um, he was he was an apprentice of him. He, the original guy, this, this Russian professor, yeah. he came up with this exodus theory that, of course, he's the scientist no one believed, who had the crazy theory about how the earth was going to start acting up and purge us all off of it one day. And his theory was that, like, all the volcanoes were going to start erupting at once and then we were all gonna die which is exactly what's happening so he goes professor xander goes to meet with the russian professor because he's like you were right exodus theory is happening that professor has like is it is it like his wife is it his girlfriend he has like a younger woman who seems to be a combination of like home health aide professional assistant and girlfriend who looks after him yes and I couldn't, I couldn't really be clear on which was which. And this, and the Russian professor has decided, like, this is happening. I've been watching, like, I've been watching, you know, geothermal activity across the planet. I know it's finally going down. I'm going to go to the base of Mount Fuji and that thing's going to erupt and it's going to claim me because I have nothing left to live for. This guy is going to commit suicide by volcano. Yes. He brings his assistant home health aide um, girlfriend, wife, younger woman <laughs> with him on this trip. And they're at, they're in this like lovely little home in Japan at the base of Mount Fuji. And again, he's resolved to die. He has made this plane to professor Xander Berkeley. Yeah. And so when Mount Fuji, like when it's clear that this is about to go up and people need to clear the area because they're going to die by volcano, He's like, you need to get out of here. He tells, like, the Russian professor tells his all-encompassing assistant this. And she's like, you've been my whole life for 12 years. I'm not going anywhere. And at this point, you're like, she's choosing death. Like, she's choosing death right now. This is weird, especially since I don't know the full parameters of their involvement. Is this platonic? Is she his daughter? What the fuck is going on? And so... Once the volcano finally does go up and we get the Mount Fuji explosion and and like volcano bombs are raining around this house and they're about to get consumed by the pyroclastic flow. She looks at him and she's like, we've got to get out of here. Yeah. And he goes, regrets it immediately. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. And I was like, wait, girl, you had to be clear on the assignment. You were loading him into his like accessibility van when he told Professor Xander I don't have anything left. I'm going to go to Mount Fuji because because I know it's going to erupt. <clears throat> Not because I think I can stop it. I'm going there to die. Like, it's very obvious. You're right there, girlfriend. So they get there. 
She's like, I'm not leaving you. It's like, ma'am, did you not understand the assignment? Because then she's like, we got to get out of here. You didn't know you signed up for a suicide mission? Or are you having sudden regrets? They have this character. They have this woman kind of unwittingly sign up for her own death out of devotion to this older man who she is very un- in a very unclearly defined relationship with. And you watch them, another amazing death in this movie, you watch them get fucking destroyed yeah. by an ash cloud plummeting down the mountain that swallows the house. And it was like, holy shit, you just killed her for him. Why did we do that? Why are we doing this? But we're doing this because it's very in line with how this movie views the relationships of its female characters to the men in it. Yeah, so it, it was, makes it, it perfectly, total sense. I think what perverse. we just saw was like the alternate future that could exist for Xander Berkeley and Amy, and Amy Jo Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We really, yes, you're right. Like, there's a future, an- had he, because he eventually does get, he does reconcile with his wife. Yeah. There's a future in which he doesn't. And Amy Jo Johnson just, is his ambiguously defined life partner yeah. who would die with him in the prime of her life. Yeah, who would think that this is the be- this is the only solution is that clearly she must. And also I just want to point out the awful fucking ableism tied to that cuz like oh, the God. whole the whole interaction that Xander Berkeley's character has with his professor mentor is like weird and gross and ableist and there's a lot of of kind of comments about the fact that his that the mentor Oscar I think his name is is yeah. in a wheelchair and it's like it's fun. And he seems to have there seems to have been some sort of accident yeah. out in the field that has resulted in him being paralyzed it seems like from the waist down yeah <laughs> with professor xander berkeley making a joke at one point maybe it's a joke maybe he's being earnest about like how uh a, a marriage ending oh yeah is the same it's the same thing it was wheelchair bound fucking the whole thing was so fucking yes it was so weird it was weird it was like just unnecessary um but yeah, so there was also this like ableist we, undercurrent we gotta, to the fact that he decided to. Yeah. No, I'm staying. Oh, oh. shit. Yeah. <laughs> You're dying. You're dying. Yeah, and he's dying. Yeah, it was the whole thing was weird and gross. And, but also, like, in theory, a badass way for a character to go out. Like, yeah. no, I want to go stand at the edge. I want to go, you know, be at the edge of doom. And let myself be taken out by a pyroclastic flow? Like, (laughs) I mean. Baller fucking way to go. No question. Um, Yeah, good movie. Good movie exit. Yeah. And like, and bold move and I respect it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But no, it's just. It's it, it was a, that that interaction was absolutely the like funhouse mirror of. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to say credit where credits due to geologists. I looked it up on Monster dot com uh, because again I was very drunk last night, <laughs> and I decided to see like how, how high are the divorce rates for geoscientists? Mm, and so interesting. Physical scientists have the second lowest divorce rate of all professions according to Monster dot com. Really? Yeah. So wow. reality index. Geologists, we keep the marriage together because we know how to make the bedrock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there it is, folks. You heard it here first. Yeah, probably. I've never heard. This. I've never heard this um, old old adage before. Um, so what we what ends up happening, of course, is there there has to be the meeting of the minds between yes. the band of rogue scientists and um, the United States government. After which, after, of course, um, there has to be, like, an emergency trip to another part of the world 
um, to go explore where there's been an eruption. They end up in what they think are a series of like, I think tunnels, like mine yeah, tunnels, they're in but a, actually in are lava Ecuador. tubes. Yes. Yeah. And that was Ecuador. That was Ecuador. They end up in lava tubes, which yeah. was like, I don't think you could accidentally, this seems weird. Well, it, it was very much were, like mine shafts. They were lava tubes, but the lava tubes, the lava had conveniently hung lights every six feet. So I thought yes. that was really nice of the lava to do that. Yeah. That they were like, these aren't tunnels. These are lava tubes. Yeah. It's like, then why is this very much manicured to be a series <laughs> of tunnels for human beings to migrate through? It was a weird choice. Um, it was a they, weird design choice. They need to, like, take samples of shit. And so they're, they're walking through these tunnels and they end up in, like, a sort of open cavern area. And they're like, it's a magma chamber. And they're like, yeah, that magma's rising pretty fast. And it is. There's a, there's a recess in the ground where the magma is rising very quickly. It's like, nobody is moving with the proper amount of urgency. Yes. This is, like, this is, this is, the bath is filling up and the bath is about to fucking run over with water. It's right in front of, what are you standing there for? And we get great little teases in this sequence of magma, like, dripping through the ceiling mm-hmm. cracks. And you're like, uh-oh. And you're like, that's going to fall on someone. And fortunately, it does. So there are two of the research assistants. They're in a separate part of the tunnel from the professor. And they're talking about something. And that's when they realize, like... These, these are tunnels. These are lava tubes. And that's when the magma starts pouring in from the ceiling and the lava is, is it's chasing after them. They're running from the disaster and they both fall down because rocks fall from the ceiling. One guy, the, the TA that a- Amy Jo Johnson has been hooking up with, the most reasonably sized rock falls on his leg and pins him down. It's like, even I, a small person, could wriggle out from under that rock on my leg. Well, while he's laying there, unable to escape, the guy behind him fully, like, he the, the ground goes out beneath him, he falls down, lava pours in after him, and he's clearly burned alive. And he's, like, getting, you know, he's beaten up by the rocks. I think probably his, his leg has, mag, like, gets magma on it, so he's burning. He gets rescued by the professor. They go to a hospital. So it's, da- like, the team is down at this point to just Amy Jo Johnson, one other TA, and Professor Xander Berkeley. And that's when they go meet the government, where we get the wrinkle, of course, because you have to have an, an adversarial scientist, the other apprentice of the Russian scientist, the, the king of volcanology, he works in the USGS now. And he's like, the old man was a kook. And he only exists to like be snide and say like, Exodus theory is bullshit, even though it's like actively happening all around them. So there's the adversarial science relationship, da 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 da. Well, it's determined that Exodus is happening. And of course, when he's explaining, he's like, well, they're like, well, do you have a solution for this? He goes, I actually do have a plan. And I was like, nuclear bombs. Yeah, yeah, we knew it. You knew it had to be. Yeah. And it's like, because they're like, we've irradiated the earth so much and poisoned it with so much stuff that the core is fighting back, basically. And um, so the answer is, of course, nuclear bombs. And (laughs) um, so what they got to do, as we've seen so often before, they have to load submarines. They have to coordinate globally with a multinational effort to load submarines with nuclear-tipped missiles and launch those missiles into strategic parts of the sea floor yep. in order to create openings to release the pressure of the magma welling up from the middle of the Earth so it doesn't have to burst out through volcanoes. It can come up through the seafloor. We call of that course. science, Jordan. We call that American military industrial complex science is what I, we call that. As I, I was so excited. I was like, yeah, this is this everything about this movie just felt like it was gonna be one of those we gotta drop nukes on it movies. And I was <laughs> so glad 
um, that they did. Now, I just want to, I mean, comparatively, so we, the other instance where we saw a very similar sequence was Polar Storm with yes. um, horn rim glasses from, what's it? Yes, from, yes, 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 yes. What a great disaster movie actor. Yes, fantastic disaster movie actor. So I don't so much want a reality index as I want to know comparatively. Like, which of the two, which did you feel had more tension? Of the two, wait, no, say it again. Of the two times that we have seen submarines unleashing mm. nukes on the Mariana Trench. I, definitely HRG for me. I, right? Like, that's the thing is definitely that it felt it, way it was, more low impact in this case. Uh-huh. It was, like, meant to be hero. Like, there were, you know, there are vents opening up the 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 what, the, the American sub, that, the subs that we're following. Um, one of which, one sub has Professor Xander, the other sub has his male TA, and then Amy Jo Johnson has stayed back at the fort to, like, help from HQ, and he's also, whose job is also to, if he dies at the bottom of the sea, give his wedding ring to his wife um, and give her the apology he never could kind of thing. And <clears throat> so they're down below, and, like, the subs are getting battered, rocks are falling, they're, they're like, they're going through canyons, and the canyons are crumbling because it's so unstable, and yet it felt like, yeah, it, it felt, it made, and this, I thought there was a, an unnecessary tragedy in this movie. They kill the second TA. Yeah, they kill facial hair. They kill him, who's like the class clown of the group. Like, he's funny. I liked him. And they put him in one of the other main American subs, and we get, the, the scene is done so weirdly, and so it like de-escalates its own tension that like his sub is clearly fucked and like they're taking on water, but you keep seeing these like long shots of a submarine careening toward the seafloor. And I'm like, wait, who are we watching? Like, I don't, I'm not actually clear which sub we're looking at right now. And it's been falling to the seafloor for so long. I don't actually know if I meant to believe it's going to write the course and go back up to the surface or if they're really going to die. So it was like, you're unclear of where, the peril is exactly you don't get like a big finish for the ta sub like there's no dramatic like tell my family i love them or there's no like at least we did our job moment he just like kind of sort of quietly dies like the sub just goes to ground at the sea floor yeah. and we're like oh guess that's it and you just don't it doesn't feel like in the way that I, I always forget the titles of the movies we watch. The one we basically just watched with Ming Na Wen. Oh, um, that was was that Superstorm? Um, could have been. Yeah, I think it was called Superstorm. It was indeed a Superstorm. Um, that that experience on the boat is fucking harrowing. Yeah. they do a very good job of being like, "Holy shit!" The Torturo brother is like gonna give his life to make sure that we can stop what's happening and you feel a sense of like oh my god the ship's overheating the water's hotter than they thought it was this is all going to hell like you really got a sense of like aquatic terror in that movie constantly the poor oil rig people and then in hrg in the sub you did get a sense of like the mission this just felt ancillary it felt like it it felt like it was like oh god guys we didn't film the finale yet and so they had to like get pickup shots yeah in their sub setup and so it didn't feel very realized. It was weird. I agree. Yeah, there was there was a distinct lack. I apologize. It was super cyclone. Um, super, super cyclone. cyclone that's the one. Which I, I I forgot because so many disasters happened concurrently in that movie. It's I forgot, easy to honestly, forget it that it was about a cyclone. cyclone. Yeah. Um, 
and I, Jason, I just want to say I appreciate. I, I missed this before that you you make sure to clarify that this is not about QAnon, which I really in the in the show notes, which I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, every time that storm never coming, y'all. No, like Jason specifically makes a note in there because I think that episode dropped like Good. the day. Oh, January. Yeah, it dropped like right oh after one six. Oh yeah. Jesus. Jason put in the in the show notes on it as in the beginning. This episode was recorded before the events of one six twenty one, and I I, oh, God. I appreciate that you provided that context, Jason. Just wanted to Dang, make sure that nothing came off as tone deaf. No, that's <laughs> very you. responsible of you. I appreciate you doing that. Thank you. Um, anyway, so yeah, there was a distinct lack of like characters throwing themselves around the submarines. There was a little oh, bit of that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Fa- characters yeah. throwing themselves around. The way Facial- Ming-Na Wen threw herself exactly. around that. Facial yeah. hair did like at one point run into some sort of a, a locked area that was flooding with water and kind of slip on yeah. it. So there was a little bit of it, but it was hard to, There, you're right. There wasn't that same. And also we saw that with uh, HRG. He also, remember, threw himself about that submarine very violently. Yeah. yeah. And so there was, I agree, I, like that was something that I'm glad you also felt that way because I was curious as I was watching, I'm like, is it me because I'm angry at the movie or is it me because, <laughs> no. or is it actually that this is like a very low stakes, people sitting at desks, they're not. It felt yeah. mostly low, like even as they were being jostled around, yeah. I was like, I don't feel like this isn't, like, it's not even like, oh, of course it's going to work. It yeah. was like, I, I don't. I don't understand where I'm at in in space and time in this movie right now. I think that part of what it was missing was it didn't have that like great the military guys yelling at the like yeah we, I think uh, that's like, fair. we needed to have the military guys yelling at each other in the sub to be like we have to You're bring right. it there was no tension sir. in the subs there was no yeah. tension in the subs and that was really important. Yeah, and I think that's where that distinction comes from and we also lost it with Amy like there was also again a real missed opportunity because, of course, all these movies, as we've seen with, for example, Polar Storm, there's always that reveal where we think that he's dead. Oh, another example, uh-huh. Ice Quake. We think that he's dead, but yeah. then the hero emerges to show that he had – like, and it's always the hero is being reunited with his family to show that no matter what, <laughs> like, monogamy conquers all. And Yeah, your nuclear family will save you. Yeah. and I mean, nowhere better does the reemergence happen, I think, than in Super Cyclone because it's Nick Turturro in a fucking fridge. That's true. <laughs> Floating in the <laughs> ocean. Floating in an ocean, Nick Turturro, like, just adrift. Yeah. They literally, they literally nuked the fridge with Nick Turturro. They nuked the fucking fridge. Um, but yeah, it's, we missed, there wasn't that last moment with Amy Jo Johnson at the command where she's like, Professor, Professor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do we get him? And they're like, we've lost yeah. connection with the sub. She's like, well, send more subs out. Like, we didn't have yeah. that. There was nothing like that. It's true. Yeah, so that then when we see Xander Berkeley pull up to his absolutely lovely home. Oh, yeah, wonderful. Um, We don't get that moment of like, oh, he survived. Yeah, yeah. There was none of that. And I think that was, again, a, a big part of that being that they kind of just didn't bother they, I, like, you know what? They just didn't. You know what tells us everything I, we need to know? I'm realizing in this movie about Xander Berkeley's character. Yeah, his fucking scarves. <laughs> his fucking scarves. It was the. It was. It was like listen. Two Among Us wasn't listen, wearing Darren a scarf. Listen, Darren Aronofsky. Listen, Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> enough with the fucking scarves here. Like nobody else is wearing scarves, and he's got them on inside. Yeah, he's got them on outside. He rustles them around. The fucking scarves. Jordan, it's a little known fact that if you take a scarf off of Xander Berkeley, his head rolls off of his neck. It's <laughs> just, there it is. <laughs> there it is. The bolts go undone. He's the inspiration for that story about the woman with the green, with the green, uh, the green choker. 
<laughs> yeah, I just didn't feel I, I oh I forgot to say in the the moment where Xander Professor Xander is um explaining to the government like what's mm-hmm. going down, he's like telling them what's gonna happen. And of course the United States president in a wonderfully real moment of American cinema is like basically is like, why should we give a shit? Yeah. This hasn't happened here yet. Like he's like, but it's not happening here. Why should I care? It's like, do you understand I'm talking to you about volcanoes? Yeah. This isn't like we didn't sign a treaty with the Earth's core, you fucking moron. Like, are, what, 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 what about this are you not understanding? It's plate tectonics, you idiot. Like, nope. it was like the the fact that Amy Jo Johnson's crowning moment in this movie yes. is the shitty adversarial USGS guy who has stolen their research and is by trying to hacking, pass it off. And they catch him by back hacking. into the university and like steal their research so he can pass it off as his own. Again, and like, Exodus is real and here's what we need to do. Jordan, again though, let's just, I just want to shout out to the phrase back hacking. Back. <laughs> Which is used yes. to explain how they catch him because they did some back hacking he did and some traced it back to the USGS. Sorry, continue. Wait, no, I, that's thought, okay. I thought that's what you do when like you have like allergies and also just ate like a really like thick sort of food that's getting kind of stuck. <laughs> <up there. laughs> ah, fake Oliver Platt hacks into the <laughs> university. So they have to back hack him mm-hmm. to get it. Surely there was a mainframe involved. <laughs> they absolutely hacked into the mainframe. <laughs> they hacked into the mainframe. Um, God, the mainframe. One of the great v- word pair. I mean, mainframe is mainframe my cellar door. I don't know. It could be the mainframe. I, I this um, reminds me yet again that I need to change my my past my uh, my account. You, yeah. you really please do yeah um and so they amy joe johnson's big moment comes when like nobody's understanding what's happening and like he's like, trying to explain exodus and she's like think of it as like the earth getting double burrito indigestion and the president who might as well be donald trump is like <laughs> now her i understand it's like this is fucking weird was- like of course you got voted in i super believe that and then like professor like evil oliver platt keeps trying to step on Professor Xander and say that he's full of shit and, and just undercut him. And finally, like Amy Jo Johnson stands up out of her chair and yells at him and calls him Professor Plagiarism. <laughs> and is like, just because you stole our information, it just goes off on him. And it was like, yes, this is the movie I wanted the whole time. Amy Jo Johnson to be this bitch right here. <laughs> Professor Plagiarism. And you watch him just look very very castrated and it's a great it's actually an excellent moment and i think it probably the moment seems more excellent than it even is because you've just been waiting for amy to assert herself for so long it's very exciting yeah and it's again that's that first that character that we first get from her that is that like veronica marzi that's who we are promised yeah that is the that is the marzi-ness of that character um but nope we don't get we only get this brief moment when really what i wanted was that to be the moment when he's like i want that girl in charge Exactly. Exactly. Like, put head of USGS. There's, there's your job. Yeah, she can, t- she can make, she can make earthquakes into burrito jokes. Like, that's our, <laughs> that's our girl. That's what I wanted, Jordan. I mean, so, other than, yeah. I just want to want to shout out one more thing, which was the first. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like we've wound. I down think we our- have as well. I do want to say that in my notes, I have no, no ammonite in all caps. <laughs> yes, do explain. And I just want to science the fuck out of that for a second for a couple different yeah. reasons. One, an ammonite being a sea creature would mean that that is sedimentary rock, which you won't get halfway up a volcano that is currently active. Mm, good point. Sedimentary rock requires that that be uh, like that just wouldn't be happening. But second of all, they also say 
for again sciencing for no good reason. They're like that means it could be Mesozoic to Devonian. <laughs> to give you a stretch of how long of a period of time they're referring to, that is anywhere between yeah. sixty-five to four hundred million years old. Oh my god! That is from that. That is from the death of the dinosaurs, stretching all wow. the way back to basically the first vertebrates. Like we're going. <laughs> that is like if somebody showed me a picture of you, Jordan, and I was like, <laughs> that could be anywhere between seven to thirty-five. <laughs> that is the scale we're talking about. There's there's no way of making a narrower scale than that. It's just we can't tell. But beyond that, also fuck you. Iceland is twenty-five million years old. <laughs> like fuck you you didn't have to do it this didn't have to be that difficult. they didn't have they didn't to have they to didn't have old. to there was no need it just is unnecessary it yeah and so this and like the ammonite is not some sort of like Chekhov's gun it never comes up again you're right and there is nothing it is pointless it was just science to make me like, extraneous science to make me angry so <laughs> those are my little like fun science no, that's the things. perfect that's the perfect ending note thank you so no no ammonite is just what i was when you asked were you yelling things in your apartment i was i actually yelled that out loud and was like that's going in my notes <laughs> and for a certain segment of film Twitter, that would have sounded like no, no lesbian period <laughs> drama starring Kate Winslet and Saoirse Ronan. True, and I have no opinion on that film. I just have opinions on on right. the presence of an ammonite in this film. Yes. So I guess that brings um, us to Jordan. I think you got a question for our friends out there, folks. Do you love movies? Do you spend your days thinking about how much you love to watch them? The good ones, even the bad ones. Everyone told you not to like. It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much so that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts celebrating the cinematic achievement that is the 2001 classic Josie and the Pussycats, to comfy sweatshirts that serve as a call to arms for all those in support of making Judy Greer America's lead. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and to filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks, and they ship with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. That's S-U-P-E-R-Y-A-K-I.com. Let's watch more movies. Oh, and of course... As a yes, yes, we get a of course special discount code to all of our disaster divas. It is in fact disaster diva, all one word in caps. So use that special disaster diva discount code at checkout. Yeah, and um, an exciting recent development on Super Yaki is that they partnered with Mubi, uh, the uh, film streaming service, to do uh, expand. I'm going to say expand because it was already there. Expand their Kathy Yan capsule collection. The Birds of Prey director uh, Kathy Yan, because her new her first film, Dead Pigs, is now available for streaming three years after the movie was officially like was the movie came out you can now stream dead pigs on movie the reason i bring this up is because uh they have a limited time it might still be there by the time this goes up a limited time written and directed by kathy ann shirt that is up on there that is really it's cool. really cool looking it's really cool and anytime i can evangelize kathy ann as i am an owner of the i'm a fan of kathy ann t-shirt that they also sell i'm gonna boost her and of course we love to boost super yaki yeah, no, we love we love Super Yaki. Every single one of their drops, it's just been like 
I kept being like, oh, I'll wait until their next. I keep being like, I'll wait until their next drop to buy. And I'm like, no, because every single time there's just something else. I'm like, fuck, I want this. I know. It really, it's really, it's dangerous. It's so dangerous. As as somebody who had to put a cap on my my graphic tee collection in general, I was just like, nope, no (laughs) more. Prioritizing here, no more. And then Super Yaki rolled out the, the Simple Pod you know, Paul Feig collection. And I was like, fuck. And now they've got the Delroy Lindo shirt. And I'm like, fuck. And now they've got the Kathy yep. Ann shirts. And I'm like, fuck. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I honestly exactly. last night considered that that's how you want to feel. Shop Super yes. Yucky. If you want to be angry by the fact that you love so many things, shop <laughs> Super Yucky. <laughs> what an endorsement. Um, so Jordan, but- what do you think this movie was really about? I mean, I feel like we have to go back to a classic on this one because especially mm-hmm. the more we talk, this movie is just about deeply ingrained misogyny. Yeah. Like it, it is it is about the perception of what women are present for in story and in companionship and in professional contexts um, through the lens of completely being objects of service yeah. to men, um, being considered through who they are and are not having sex with uh regardless of whether you're talking about like interpersonal relationships or jobs um it is about the ways in which men are allowed to be completely self-absorbed like geniuses in the way that like that professor that woman did not have to go with him and he told her to leave but like the movie implies to us that his his steadfast assistant daughter caretaker lover um was was you know, it was a beautiful act of like deep impact end of the like end of Tia Leone's life moment where she decides to die with this brilliant professor as opposed to like going on and living her life because she's definitely in like her late 20s, maybe mid 20s. Yeah, she's like she's young. She's so young. And the we you know, we have the the sort of obstinate estranged wife of Professor Xander Berkeley who for so long, like, doesn't want to entertain what he has to say because he hasn't apologized. But, like, she's such a kind of, like, drip when we see her. Yeah. That it's, like, she's such, just, like, thin. And then they get together at the end and she gives him, like, an embracing hug from behind. And it's like, oh, her life can finally be good again because he's back. And in that totally fucked up zone of the 2000s where the the marketable nice guy was actually such a poison pill and a, a kind of figure that there's an interesting thing happening i feel like with media at the moment where because discourse as it is advanced so much further so far so quickly like relatively yeah um from the way the media landscape was in the 2000s and if anybody's ever heard me talk about Jennifer's body this is an extension of that conversation we have come so far so quickly from the abusive, shitty paparazzi culture, blog culture, celebrity blog culture of the 2000s so quickly in like 10 years that I think everybody just kind of assumed or like impl- like have implied in the way we've gone on that we reckon we reckoned with that era when we haven't. And there's so much about the 2000s that we actually need to process just because we have better language now to talk about the sort of injustices of, of the world and the ways in which women and marginalized people are underserved, taken advantage of, abused, harassed. All of that, that doesn't mean we actually have dealt with how that affected us, us millennials, particularly from the the late 90s and early 2000s. And so, yeah, I think this just to me arriving as it does in my life at this time, I cannot extricate it from like the greater cultural conversation about how we need to have a serious talk with ourselves about 
the shittiness of the 2000s that were so close to being a progressive age and were wrapped in the idea of sexuality and empowerment and progress, but were just as mired in the old shitty sexual politics of anything that was happening in the 1980s. We just had people selling sex more and more brazenly because bars had been moved and limits had been pushed that exploitation and empowerment were in a terrifying sort of churn at the time and sort of were imparsable from one another. So that is, I just, I can't get 2000s media culture out of my head while I was watching this. And I was like, yeah, another fucking thing, another fucking shitty nice guy. And so that to me is what this movie is about. Yeah. You know, I think Jordan, like, obviously I, uh, like there was going to be a lot of overlap here on this one because I think it's pretty clear. Um, <laughs> pretty clear. Yeah. yeah. Like, and especially after the last few days, like just to put this in context, of course, as you'd met, like, the whole job, all of the things come, Charisma Carpenter, and then all of the so subsequently, all the pretty much all the other women who worked on Buffy, except for, I think at this point, one. Yeah. Like, no, two. There's two major actresses on Buffy at this point who haven't really spoken out. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, like, every single one has come forward and said either, like, yep, that was inappropriate, or it's, you know, I, I completely I, I, support, I support the women, the women who, who are who experienced. I validate yeah. their experience. Marty Noxon, who wrote for the show and and was a producer, like yeah. Did, oh, did Marty also? Ma- yeah, Marty Noxon uh, posted yesterday. Oh, I missed that. Uh, posted during the week, let's okay. say, since it will be a while ago at this point. Post- posted last week uh, that like I validate the experiences yeah. of Charisma Carpenter and Amber Benson, and so she made, put her voice in the ring for that. So yeah, yeah. So the point. So yes, I think like especially with the context and the in the frame of this week and then watching this film, like it's impossible not for us not to be like, yeah, it's one of our favorite villains, the patriarchy, yeah, yeah, um, and in this case, like in particular, um you know, at the end of the movie, he's going the the professor gets the voiceover about like mm-hmm. how we all need to work together. And yeah. share information and only humanity as a whole working together, which is like that had nothing to do with anything in the rest of this fucking film. It had yeah. absolutely no, there was no, there was no nothing. like moral to the story. This was just this sort of, and nobody, there was no moment in which there was a coming together and sharing of information like you would see in say Arrival. There was none of that. So for me, listening to that the whole time, I was angry because I was like, fuck you. Okay, so the moral mm-hmm. is about sharing information, how we all need to come together and, mm-hmm. but this woman had to force her way onto your team and you still mm-hmm. invalidated her at every turn. Yeah. Like for me, the moral of the story was not just toxic masculinity or not just, you know, the way that misogyny is ingrained in us, but the way that that system will continue to replicate. Yeah. I like the ending. And until, and until a reckoning is properly yeah. done, it will continue to replicate. It will just take on new, exactly. more insidious and, and fluid guises to operate in a system that doesn't really take seriously. Yeah, that doesn't, that fixing that things, doesn't just fix wants it. to move on. Yeah. Just wants to move on. So, and the fact that she, that, you know, Amy Jo Johnson's character from the beginning basically is going up against several very real forms of misogyny and thing, gatekeeping that keeps women out of STEM, and that at every turn, this is what she's up against and she's working yeah. with colleagues who are not as qualified as she is. And she's working, yeah. you know, she's, and she has to fight her way on and pay out of pocket, which you want to talk for a second yeah, about wow. the fact that she has to pay out of pocket for what is a, a presumably private plane seat. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Right. Yeah, even without that, like this is still from 2006. So before the Iceland boom, so before it was a cheap, plane Oh, you're ticket, right. Yeah. You know, this is an expensive fucking trip. So we're also looking at where how socioeconomic ramifications. So you could probably also tie in a lot of um not just misogyny, but like the socioeconomic misogyny. 
as well that who this is keeping out and who this is gatekeeping here, you know, that she would have to have her own source of income. She would have to be wealthy enough to be able to afford that, that she (laughs) can do that. So, okay. And that she didn't have to take time off of work to take this trip. Like all these different things that serve as gatekeepers to keep our scientists prioritizing the voices of mostly wealthy or at least financially comfortable yeah. white cishet men. God, that was just like that that phrase just made several of my internet hate followers like perk their heads up. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Um, <laughs> That's a bad signal. Yeah, but that definitely like there is a very specific type that this is that this gatekeeping is working to keep out. And at the mm-hmm. end of it, we get this like moral of the story from again white dude who can afford a nice ass house and whose wife is, you know, a park ranger in Yellowstone. And so they like, that's not paying great. So she cannot, but she can survive because he has enough money, I guess. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The point being that at the end, we get this great moralizing from the apparent hero telling us how we can be better and how we can do better and how what he has done will therefore be better for science. But meanwhile, Mm -hmm. he has not done those things. He will continue to not do those things. And in an alternate timeline, his fucking mentor is taking out, presumably, and also who also, by the way, weirdly is making this other like personal, this other assistant in Japan, I is making, yeah. I would assume is making her work on a, t- on, on like a low desk because I don't actually think that in Japan they have their computers on low desks and kneel in front of them all the time <laughs> in full fucking ceremonial garb. Yeah, that's it's literally the only way people people sit. I, I would, yeah, that's it's that's it. it. That's that's the only. There's no actual desks or chairs in offices. <laughs> no, but like that is the cycle that will continue. And all that we got from that from that clip at the end, with no mention of Amy of Amy Jo Johnson's contribution, with nothing. No, is well, I was like waiting to see what job she got. Nothing. Out of that. She doesn't matter because it's all about him and it's all about his victory. And ultimately this is, that is my, so for me, what this movie is really about is how we are going to continue in these cycles. And it's only a matter of time before, therefore, not only are we going to continue in these misogyny cycles, but we will continue to do the same thing we did to the earth before. And therefore what is happening to the earth is really like this idea of the earth expanding and then trying to shake it off. You know, Jordan, mm-hmm. I would argue. Yeah. That's the Earth experiencing its own Me Too movement. Yeah. <laughs> That's that that is the Earth saying time is yep. up. Yep. And then, but again, in that same way that it's futile, because it just because it did it once, we're gonna go right back to dumping more toxic waste and we're gonna go right back. Right. We did just nuke the entire mantle Egg. of the planet. Fuck exactly. We're gonna go right back we to our old tricks. We did just nuke mm-hmm. the entire mantle of the planet. Yep. And in another 50 years, all of a sudden this is gonna happen again. They're gonna be like, how could we know? Wait, hold on, let's ask though, what volcanoes? This is hurting volcanoes. But is it really hurting volcanoes? Yeah. Like maybe we wiped out most sea life, but what now? Yeah. So all that's gonna happen is is this this is gonna happen again in another 50 years, and they're gonna be like a couple times articles about it, and then they're exactly. gonna ignore it again. So that is to me what this is, is the futility of trying to change our deeply ingrained toxic masculinity and misogyny. I think that is it's an open and shut case on they, this one. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> How are you fantasy casting this one? You know, it's like, do I want to, do I want to keep it at the sort of zone that it's at? Like, I feel like I almost want to keep Amy Jo Johnson there Mm -hmm. and just like give her a better shot. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And like, 
you know, now that we bring him up, I feel like I want to see HRG yeah. in this role. Yeah. I, I like want him to to play like a good version of like the paternalistic Ooh, professor. I love that. Okay. Because he's like, you know, from 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 those he that was his whole deal of like the like paternalistic sociopath in, yeah. in Heroes. And I feel like he would be good at that. Yeah. So like I think I'm just gonna like change that main role. I you know, I can't put Oliver Platt in the role of evil Oliver Platt because that would that's a whole different scale production right. if you put Oliver Platt in this movie. And so I think evil Oliver Platt is doing the job that he needs to do. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I feel like I'm just gonna pair Amy Joe Johnson with HRG and have this be we're gonna take any mention of sex out of Good. it. Good. Okay. We're taking all sex out of this movie. She's not gonna be his marriage counselor. He's gonna be those moments where they were talking about his marriage, they're gonna become moments where he's talking about her career with her <laughs> and she's gonna be talking about challenges of women in STEM. <laughs> like that's what those counseling moments are gonna okay. be. Okay. I also really got, like, there's, every so often I get kind of, like, reminded of, like, the scale of, like, men compared to women. And I'm like, oh, God, guys are just big. They're so big. And, like, when he, because the Professor Xander wears his wedding ring around his neck Mm -hmm. as long as he's in, like, marriage limbo. And at the end, he takes it off and hands it to Amy Jo Johnson. He's like, if I don't come back, you know, give this to my wife. And he puts it in her hand. And it takes up such a huge fucking amount of her little palm. I was like, God, men's hands are huge like just the size of a man's wedding band compared to a woman's wedding band i was like man that's just one of those for scale moments where i was just really taken aback by (laughs) jesus that looks like a fucking bracelet in her hand like whoa um but yeah so it's gonna be even taller hrg next to little amy jojo it really was kind of like looking at the hobbits holding the one true ring wasn't it it, it, it was like it just the way it landed in her palm yeah. i was like oh holy shit yeah look at that it was very it, she she's just a wee person like she's so small she's so small so i you know i i like where you're going i actually like your casting has made me want both of our films now <laughs> um, because i also wanted to keep amy joe johnson this but amy joe johnson's 50 now so we're moving her into the role of the seasoned professor fucking 50 now yeah she's god i can't time marches on time time yeah marches we cannot stop it she was 36 in 2006 like right right i just it's it's you know it's unfair of me to keep thinking in terms of the the pink ranger no but but she also also has aged she has aged spectacularly like she has aged in a such a way that i look and i'm like what kind of pact with satan do you have going because i want in on it like that's <laughs> it's it, drop the skincare routine amy joe johnson oh my god it's unbelievable like i i am stunned looking at photos of her now like she looks like she's maybe five years older than we are it's absurd but yeah amy joe johnson's gonna be the professor now i want her to be kind of the hard ass has no time for it and i want bright and shiny True undergrad who becomes sort of this like you remind me of me when i was young your true age undergrad gonna be lana condor from I love that. Right? So instead of having the plucky Veronica That's Mars. nice. Yeah, I want her to be like bright-eyed and earnest and be like, I've done all the reading. I've done more than the reading. I actually have a couple of papers that I would love for you to take a look at because I think that they're going to be really interesting in terms of how the geomorphology of Iceland. Like, I want that energy. Oh, completely. Yeah. I, that, I, completely. I, I'm totally with you on yeah. that. Yeah. And so that's all I care about. Like, I don't, I, I would assume that Ansel and Miles are going to show up um, and they're going to get killed really early on. 
they're welcome to die by being yeah, evaporated. They're, by they're definitely TAs who get who get killed early. Um, I don't care about the rest of the cast. Like fill it in with a bunch of character actors. I don't know. I just really want to. I think that Amy Jo Johnson and Lana Condor and like Amy being a little exhausted by her enthusiasm. I just I want that. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. Like I feel like I feel like you know the. I feel like Lana Condor could really bring that level of energy. Yeah, like a little, and she's a fucking star. Yeah, she's and she's just charming and great, and I would love it. And I want her to yell at the president and then be like, "I'm sorry, sir. I should I should I should I leave?" And then he'd be like, "No, I like your gumption. You remind me of my daughter." My gumption, yeah. yes. So that's where I fall. So that's how I'm recasting this film, and I really want both of these versions. And I, you know, what? and I'm gonna make because I just I feel like I haven't seen him in a while, and I miss him. I'm gonna make. Uh, the the king of Vulcanology, the mm-hmm. the Russian professor, Serbian actor. Uh, let's let's do our best here. Rade, Rade Shrebegia. Okay, F- of, of Snatch fame. Oh yes, Boris the Blade. Yeah. Like I like Rade Rade Shrebegia, which I I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that pronunciation. I hope that is not disrespectful. Um, I'm gonna go with him for the king of Vulcanology. Just because you can't beat that accent. Yeah, no, I you like that. You can't beat that accent. And that, 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 the the look that he can really conjure of a life beat, of a life worn on his face. Yeah. The idea of him screaming about science for decades to no avail and finally being vindicated in that wild eyed way he can be. I, I feel like he would be a great eccentric professor. Type. Yeah, no, I'm super in on that. I like that. Okay, cool. So Jordan, how many Towering Infernos are you given this film? Kind of two. Yeah. I'm gonna give it two. Um, I I I just want more for Amy Jo Johnson. Uh I, I I wanted more for her in this. And it wasn't it wasn't uh it wasn't absurd enough to pull it out of the 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 dull zones. Yeah. If there's anything that these made for TV movies can do, like you can either be Earth Tastrophe and just crush it, or you can commit to absurdity enough. To be like, wow, at least we fucking escalated that beyond imagine, like beyond imagining. And, and this just kind of like it stayed too dull the entire time. So eh, I can only give it a two. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you on this. Like I was going to do two to two and a quarter. Just give it a little bit extra because they really did commit to yeah. I, like I appreciated how much the they put into the effects. But totally, completely, yeah. Yeah. That's and and it's it's like a, I'm not like a it's not like an angry two. I'm just like a resigned two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very much a like. Well, it could have been more, but it wasn't. So at least it gave us some Amy Jo Johnson. <laughs> at least, at least there's that. Yeah. That's I'm right there with you on this. So, yeah. What is what does that then mean for our? I I know. Uh, Amanda, we decided on a title before going into what we're going to watch next week, but I decided to have Amanda withhold the log line until we record so I could hear it freshly in real time on recording. So what are we doing next week? Next week, Jordan, we are watching what is alternately known uh, as either Storm War (laughs) or Weather Wars, depending on if you're looking at how it's listed on Letterboxd or if you're looking at uh, the photo of the actual movie poster. Okay, I love the title, Storm Wars. Earth Under Siege, a series of freak weather occurrences around Washington, D.C., reunites two estranged brothers who are the sons of a once prestigious climate scientist. Oh. One of them suspects their father is behind it. And, a- oh. and upon further investigation, they discover that all of their father's enemies are dead. Oh. Victims of freak weather accidents. Whoa. Weaponized weather? Weaponized weather. And Jordan, this cast... 
The brothers are played by Wes Brown, notably uh, from pretty much what appears to be every Hallmark film. Got and it. And Jason London. Now, if oh, okay. to Jeremy London. I like that. And I... I, you know, I, I'm happy to be having another uh, weather disaster brothers movie. Yeah, and that's that was I, part of what appealed to me about that was I was like, Heist. I enjoyed the, I, I the want contrast, to get back to that. and I, I thought that I was curious about that aspect of it. But most importantly, Jordan, you know who plays their dad? Who? Character actor and I would argue American treasure, <laughs> Stacy fucking Keach. Oh wow, that's I mean that's a that's a power player. Yeah. That is a that is a character actor power player right there. I think if I'm remembering it correctly. No, I I was thinking did I have an Italian class with Stacy Keach's daughter? No, but in college I did have an Italian class with Powers Booth's daughter. And I know that because she made it very clear <laughs> that she was the daughter of Powers Booth. So, that was not like any Google stalking. Um she very much wanted us all to know that her father is Hollywood actor Powers Booth. So yes. What's I'm- her name? Abilities Booth? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I hope it was her middle name at least. <laughs> I mean, you have to just, when your last name is Booth, you really want to clarify your heritage because you can go one of two ways and it's either that you're the child of Powers Booth or you are the descendant of John Wilkes Booth. And so you want to make Wilkes sure Booth. you're clear on that. I mean, she was it very, could be both. She did like to highlight that like her father was friends with Sam Neill. Like we, I mean, not Sam Neill, um, oh, da, 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 Sam Elliott. Yeah, yeah Sam yeah. Elliott, because of course Tombstone. Um, th- there was just like little ways she liked to just insert every now and again. It's like, man, this is like a entry. This is the first entry level of Italian. <laughs> We're all on the same playing field right now. Like, I love the idea of a celebrity's kid bragging about how their parent who is a celebrity is friends with a different celebrity. Yeah, at University of Oregon. So Oof. like, in, in yeah, tra- an was- intro Italian. Yeah, my, her, her, sure. I, I really appreciated her kind of megalomania. My first two years of living in LA consisted of a lot of um, finding out that someone I was on a date with was the child of a celebrity. Right, right. What a fun a game that, that must be. Man, I. Man. <laughs> here's what I'll say uh, celebrities, you need to raise your kids better. <laughs> Just, just, uh, just to throw in that tip out there. Yeah, there's very few of those led to a second date for. <laughs> Amanda, having grown up in the wilds of Los Angeles, I'm no, sure. I, has, I, I don't oh, have. Yeah. I, I don't have that many, unfortunately. What? Yeah, I know it's weird. It's really weird. How is that possible? I, I don't it know. Was, literally, it felt for a little while like I couldn't find someone to go on a date with who wasn't the child of like an actor or a musician. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> There's one time where I like made out with the child of an MSNBC anchor. There you go. But it was not Brian Williams' daughter. No. To clarify, it was not, this is not my revealing that I briefly like hooked up with Allison Williams. I wish that were the story. (laughs) It's so much better. I'd be super impressed. I've interviewed Allison Williams a couple times and she's a tremendous conversationalist. Yeah, no, and that would be such a better version of the story than what the story actually is, which I will not be sharing on this podcast. (laughs) Right, of course. Totally reasonable. Um, I'll share it once we stop recording and then once we create a Patreon. And one of the the tiers of Patreon will just be every week Amanda tells you another horrifying story from when she was actually dating. Oh my God. Um, I might join in on that because that could be pretty fun. I've got yeah, I've got a lot of stories. The, Anna's never uh, ceased to be an amazement of what the I mean. Hell it's am not I doing outside of the like. scope of disaster girls. Okay, so, so that's a, it's official. We officially decided the Patreon will just be Amanda and Jason tell 
each week a different story of just like a bad date they've been on in Los Angeles. Yeah, Oof. and I don't have any of those, so I'm like, it's got to be all. So we're disaster Jesus. people now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> disaster people. Okay, <laughs> yes. I guess we should wrap this up. This is a very long episode yeah. for like this film. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Jordan, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jorcru, J-O-R-C-R-U, and you can find me uh, on Patreon uh, at patreon.com slash Cruciola. And Otsterion is on a little season hiatus right now, but we'll be back with more episodes for season two before too terribly long. And you should listen to all of season one because we are doing vital cultural excavation on that on that pod. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I obviously love every podcast that you launched, Jordan, but this has Thank been you. really fun. I have truly enjoyed this one. We are the, I'm going to say, currently the historians of records of the 2000s. The historians of record of the 2000s. Yeah. It's like we're, <laughs> we're getting it going. Yeah, it's a very, it's a perfect millennial cast. Yes. And Jason, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jason Halftones, where you can find all sorts of rants and artwork and shit like that. Uh, and you can go to thatmightbecool.com for more amazing podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. Absolutely. And of course, I'm Amanda R. Tubbs, and that's Tubbs with two Bs. Two Bs. Two Bs. Um, and so you can find me on Twitter, and that's about it, because that's what I do with my <laughs> life. Um, and uh, also, of course, the podcast itself, we are disaster underscore pod on Twitter. We're disastergirlspod at gmail.com. Um, please, guys, you know, we do have a couple extra new ratings um, because I recently tweeted out about how Michael Cohen's podcast has more ratings and reviews than we have. <laughs> and I don't sure. like that we're losing to Michael Cohen currently. Um, yeah. So just a real quick shout out to two people who did actually just like as soon as I put that request up. Um, Brittany B714. I love this podcast. 10 out of 10 recommend. Um, Thank you. Actually, that was from that was actually from back when I, I was worried that our numbers were going to tank because I went on that bad date with that guy who got mad at me. <laughs> um, okay, so she that was Brittany from December. Kaylee and Piper doing my part. I've never listened to Disaster Girls. You are doing your part. You Thank are, you. despite its great premise, but it will not lose to Michael Cohen, damn it. Thank you guys for not listening, but for rating and reviewing. That is great. And then, of course, Poozers Pops on Thursday. Uh, hilarious, period. I really like this quirky little show. What can I tell you? You know what? That's, <laughs> that's great. That's great. That's perfect. That's perfect. Great. That's exactly what you can tell people, actually. That's what we need. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So, guys, thank you for rating and reviewing us. It does make a huge difference. And uh, I guess we'll see you all back next week for either Storm and or Weather Wars, which is available, of course, on Tubi. Yes, we will Tubi. see you then for the wars, y'all. Bye. Bye. That might be cool.com. You never know. <laughs>